0: Guys, I am so excited to be here with everybody today. My name is Leslie Bolser. I am the Curriculum Director at Core Essential Values, and this is our first podcast for our elementary level um, for the kindergarten through fifth grade level of students for Core Essential Values. We've been doing this podcast for a little while for adolescents, for middle schoolers and high schoolers with Dr. Beth Trammell, and she is here with us again today to talk about integrity in elementary students. So Beth, can you tell us
1: a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, So, my name is Dr. Bastromau. I'm a licensed psychologist and associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East and the creator of Make Words Matter. Um, I've written a book. It's kind of my philosophy on parenting and teaching in the classroom to really try to be intentional about every word we say to help connect with kids and get them to do the things we need them to do. And so, when we talk about words with core essential values, It's like my jam. (laughs) Yeah, it's a
0: perfect partnership, for sure, for sure. And this word, this month, I'm really glad we're starting with this one. It's kind of in the middle of the school year a little bit, but it's really good to talk about because everybody at some level struggles with this with their kids. And the word is integrity. And when we talk about integrity at Core Essentials, we're talking about choosing to be truthful in things that you say and things that you do. Um, So I think if we break that down a little bit, there are kind of multiple levels in there. Um, The first one is just simply talking to your elementary age kids
1: about telling the truth. So um, let's dig into that a little bit. Talk to me about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I have been a practicing psychologist for a while, somewhere around, I don't know, 16 years or so. And the number of times I've had parents come to my office and say, my kid's a liar, you know, or they're like really frustrated with their kid being um, engaging in lying behavior. I often remind them that actually during the K-5 age group, we see an increase in lying behavior because lying... Keeps us out of trouble. Not only that, sometimes it saves us from hurting other people's feelings. And so, when our kids are little, like our pre-K group, um, sometimes they they will lie mostly to stay out of trouble, right? But as our kids get older, they realize this relationship piece of lying. That when our friend asks our opinion, and we don't necessarily agree with them, or they ask us, do we do they like? Do you like my shirt? Sometimes lying saves me from hurting my friend's feelings.
0: Yeah, that's so tricky. So tricky. Yeah.
1: And then sometimes mom and dad sort of model lying behavior. Like, well, don't tell daddy, but we're going to have ice cream tonight. Or today you're going to be seven instead of eight because it's cheaper to get into the movies when you're seven. And I don't want to pay the extra $4. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, I've done it. I've totally done it, you know. but
0: well, Because as an adult, we can rationalize that. We can make sense of that, right? We can know what we're paying for the other ticket and, and, and make sense of it. But that is not the same in their third grade or second grade brain, right?
1: No. I mean, they see you lying. I mean, and that's how they see it. You know, you're, you might rationalize it, like you're saying, to say, well, it's just to save money. And we're kind of in a pinch. And it's outrageous to pay $12 for a ticket to the movie anyway. So, you know, we can rationalize it, but in our, our child's very concrete brain, like, you're just lying, mom. You just said the wrong thing. That's just a lie. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lie, you know? So all that to say, right, kids engage in lying behavior. That's what it is. It's lying behavior. What happens sometimes is then we as parents... Take it the next step to shaming, which is, my kid's a liar. He's just a liar. I think he's a a pathological liar. And the problem is, that's just not the truth. Frankly, even statistically speaking, there aren't that many pathological liars in the nation. And our children are definitely not going to be one of them. So I would encourage... Any parent out there who has maybe fallen prey to saying, my kid's a liar, or you're a liar. Don't say that to your kid. Just don't say it anymore. You can talk about their lying behavior that they have told a lie, but if you're calling them a liar, they're actually more likely to engage in lying behavior because you have set the expectation, you have created the label in their mind that that is who they are. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty powerful. To yeah, to create that label of
0: something so negative, um, so young, and then to think about them living into that label—that that's that's kind of convicting as a parent, right? So yeah. so, I totally I totally hear what you're saying. I totally get it. But you know, at some point, if they are lying and, and we've caught them in a lie, we have to address the behavior. So instead of calling them a name or instead of characterizing them as something really negative, how should I address the actual behavior of a lie?
1: Yeah. So realize, so, okay, first realize it's okay that they have lied and it's not uh, something that isn't, you can still give a consequence for the behavior that is against the rules in your family. That's totally fine. Yeah. So it would be sitting down with your kid and saying, look, it's not okay in our family that you lie to get out of trouble. It's not okay in our family that you lie when I told you to fold your laundry and you didn't do it. It's not okay. We need to talk about how you can make a better choice. And that's really what, you know, the second part of our integrity definition is, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so how would you lead into that then? If you wanted to transfer that behavior from a, a lying behavior into a making a better choice behavior, how, how would you address that?
1: I think there's a couple of things. First, if they're lying to get out of trouble, it is helping them realize that sometimes they're going to do wrong things and there are going to be consequences to those wrong things that they do. And as a grown up, when I do wrong things, there are consequences to the wrong things that I do. So I talk really less about you're going to be in trouble. In fact, I, I'm not sure I, I rarely if ever even use the word like you're in trouble. I usually just talk about, Hey, this is, um, this wasn't a good choice because of this. And now let's practice because you're not going to be in trouble if you tell me the truth, but we are going to have to talk through what made you think it was okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then understanding that there are natural consequences that maybe you as a parent aren't even inflicting or giving that that there are consequences for for that behavior that that just happen whether you're sorry or not, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So let's keep let's keep talking about making good choices. I feel like sometimes kids hear that a lot, right? That's kind of repeated a lot about making good choices. Is that, are, are we okay as adults doing that? Do we need to have more context? Is it okay just to sort of create that mantra in their heads? What do you have? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I sort of love and hate this phrase, you know, make good choices, because I think it is uh, important for our kids to realize that they have free will and they have the power to choose this choice or that choice, um, even at this age. There may be a disconnect between what we think is a good choice and what they think is a good choice. And so for me, it's really paying attention to the pattern of their behavior. So if they have shown you two or three times, right? So I talk about trends a lot. I'm a behavioral, um, I'm, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist, but I do a lot of behavioral work. And so when I'm talking about a trend, I'm talking about three instances, kind of in a row, right? That's a, that's a trend. So if our kids are showing us a behavioral trend of let's say lying for that, for that case, it says to us, they need more intentional training from us. So the word discipline actually means to train. So what we're saying is I need to train them more because even though I think they realize the expectation, their behavior is saying to me, that they need more training. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to sit down with them and have a conversation. I'm going to talk to them about choices and integrity and I'm going to use the word integrity.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. That's interesting. I, lo- I love the idea of thinking about um, behavior in patterns instead of in one-off instances. Um, cause I think, you know, as a parent, we can tend to get really distracted by every single thing that happens and not notice whether it's a part of a, a pattern of behavior or, or it was just a bad day. Right. Um, and so I think, I think your, your thought about looking at it in terms of a pattern is, is super, super helpful. It helps us kind of keep our eye on the horizon, right. And not like the exact moment every single time. And then, um, we have, I think, bigger and deeper conversations that way. Um, the last part of the, the definition, though, I think, you know, it's not really in the actual definition that we're using this month for integrity when we talk to kids, but it's inherently there when we talk about integrity. And that is that idea that you are who you are. You make the decisions that you make, the behaviors that you make when no one is around, when no one is looking. So how do you talk to kids in elementary school about this idea of integrity or, or honesty when, when no one's
1: watching? So this age group, they start to understand how to be sneaky, right? So sneakiness is sort of the opposite of integrity. And so you can start by just having a conversation about, you know, sneakiness is doing something you're not supposed to do when no one's watching, right? And so we want to remember Our whole goal as a parent is to keep an open line of communication with our kids. So, if we are kind of not managing our reaction when our kids come to us with something, we can cause them to fall into this kind of slippery slope of sneakiness, right? So, let's say my kid came to me and they were like, you know, I want to spend $48 on whatever the video game is of the moment and they want to spend their, their $48 that they earned on some V-Bucks or something. I don't know. And my reaction is, I don't like that. Like, I think that's a stupid waste of money, right? But if I am like, well, that's dumb. You should definitely not do that. He is not necessarily going to want to keep coming to me for things that he knows I don't necessarily like. And my goal is to manage my own reaction when my kid comes to me with something that I don't like, that I disagree with, or that he knows I may be upset about. So I always talk with parents about this, like, just take a breath almost like step out of yourself a little bit if your kid does something that's sneaky or they do something when they think no one is watching our job is not to test our kids they will fail the test I just was doing another podcast with someone else and she said something that was the most brilliant thing Dr. Terry Egan she's a parenting coach from Charlotte and she said we all behave better when we're being supervised Uh all of us and I'm like holy i have never actually stopped to think about that so don't put your kids to a test of like well let me see if he's gonna be like that's sneaky
0: yeah it's really that's really tough as a parent though right that's a tough thing to do is to is to just be straightforward in it and not say "Mm, i'm gonna give him one more chance to tell me the truth and so i'm gonna do this, you know, ask this specific question this one certain way and see what happens. That's, that is, that's definitely, that's a tricky thing to get into as a parent. But, um, but I, I see what you're saying that if we really want open communication, if that's the ultimate goal, that we continue to have conversations with our kids all the way through past when they're out of our homes, right? That we have this open dialogue with them, that trapping them into um, something that they, that they're uncomfortable with because they know it's going to get them in trouble is much worse than
1: just being really direct, yeah, and if they think they're in trouble, the, like, immediately when they come to tell you something, they're going to first shut down, and then they're not going to come to you the next time. And so I usually talk to parents about not giving discipline until after the moment has passed. So don't even say, you're grounded for a month! Or, you don't get to play your iPad for the next two weekends. Like, don't say anything until you have gotten out of the moment taking some breaths, taking some perspective, I, I encourage parents to say, you know, this is something I really got to think about. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, I want you to think about what your punishment should be. And I'm going to think about what your punishment should be, because I don't want to say something that, you know, I don't necessarily mean, or that maybe isn't fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So two things that made me think of when you were saying that. One, I love the idea of having them be a part of deciding what that what that consequence is, you know, because then it, it also shows what they value um, and, and what would be important enough to them to, to give up or to have taken away. Um, but I also think from the perspective of the person who's made that bad behavior, if you approach me with such discipline and calm and you're like, hey, this was really bad, I, I'm really upset, so I'm going to be really careful right now not to say anything that bad to you, and we're going to come back to this later. That would scare the ever-loving crap out of me, and it would totally, it would totally help to change my behavior later. That's way worse than having somebody just fly off the handle and scream at you, right? Because um, then it's on them. Then, then the behavior is them, and then your mom is the crazy one, and and she's screaming and yelling. But now, when your mom says, "Hey, we're going to talk about this," because this is like a big deal, this is serious business. Um, I don't know. That just feels like much more of a, a way to change
1: behavior and have a, a legitimate conversation than to freak them out by screaming at them. And what I love about what you're saying is that would change my behavior. That's what we want to do with discipline, right? That's why we give consequences because we want to change their behavior. But too often we fall into the trap of, oh, well, my mom grounded me when I was a kid or my sister grounds her kids. And so I should just ground them or I should just take this away or take that away or take this away. And really sometimes the relationship is the most powerful the most powerful thing to change their behavior,
0: yeah, for sure. and the other the other thing I'm thinking about is you know what if there is something under that lying behavior that I don't know about or understand? And just screaming and taking away the iPad won't get to that. won't let me understand as a parent what caused the behavior to begin with and and maybe there's some work underneath there that needs to happen to fix whatever it is that caused the lying to begin with, um, if it's something beyond just I didn't want to get in trouble because I did something stupid, right?
1: Yeah, and this age, especially, we're still working on frustration management. We're still working on controlling our bodies and our impulsivity. And so the K-5 group, this is this. I mean, you just both need a minute before you can really start talking about how are we going to not do this again? And sometimes, honestly, I mean, I I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with client, like kid clients, my own kids. Where if you give them even just five minutes to come back and be like, okay, so what, what, what should we talk about? Like, what could have been different? How could you have made a different choice? Maybe we practice that. Like, how could I help practice with you how you could make that choice? Or what kept you from making that choice? Were you, were you afraid that mommy was going to yell at you? Were you afraid you weren't going to get it done? So at this age level, they want to please us. I mean, that's the real truth. When they get to be teenagers, it's like, oh, everything's out the window. But this K-5 group, they're like, they just really want us to be so proud of them. And so most of the time they don't do things that we don't want them to do because they want to tick us off. You know, most of the time they just don't have the frustration management skills or the impulsivity control. And so that's when lying happens. That's when bad you know, bad choices happen. And so, if you give them some time to think about it, you may be surprised at how often they can come up with their own, you know, their own remedy to fix yeah, the problem. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, better to do this over something that happens when you're in second grade or third grade than to start talking about integrity when they're 15 or 16 years old, because the stakes only get higher. Right. Um, the, the danger only gets more real and the stakes only get more higher and more high. So I, I love I love this idea of laying this foundation now when they're young so that you can have really good, solid conversations when they're older as well. Um, This is, this has been super, super helpful. I hope, I hope that some folks have taken some little nuggets away from this, but I don't want to overwhelm people. So I think probably this is enough in integrity talk, Um, but we'll come back next month and we'll talk about gratitude and how we can help kids have um, a focus on gratitude and what a huge difference gratitude can make in our lives and in our kids' lives. It's, it seems like a small deal, but it's, it's a big deal. And I can't wait to dig into that with you as well. So Beth, if people want to know more or,
1: um, Reach out to you. How might they do that? So my website is makewordsmatterforgood.com. And I'm on Facebook mostly uh, at MWM with kids. And I'll tell you, every word we do, I feel like every word we do, we're like, oh my gosh, this is such a good word. We totally need everybody to know this word. Because as you're talking about gratitude, especially moving into the holidays, I'm like, I love gratitude. Yeah, we've got to talk about gratitude. And it's every word. I love it.
0: it is is, it's so true it's so true um and you can find us at core essential values you can core org is our website and you can find us on facebook and twitter as well and we'd love to hear back from parents and what their their highs and their lows their successes and struggles in parenting through all of these words um and and we're going to keep talking about them because i i'm with you beth i think they're important i think they matter so thanks everybody for listening and and we'll look forward to seeing you next month